Welcome back to another episode. This is one of those where I feel like everybody should listen to this. We talk about target demographics so much and we've been doing a series on it, but I feel like we really narrow it down of why and how to find your target demographic by creating a client profile. Lori Ostrovsky joins the show tonight and it feels feels like a revelation in my mind. It's absolutely extremely helpful. I highly recommend getting in contact with her when you're done listening to this and also checking out her website and her books. I've already ordered mine. Before we get started, big thanks to Helmbot. Helmbot is the scheduling software that we use at the float shop. It's the Drew uses it, Gloria uses it. It's basically the industry standard for scheduling your clients, but it does so much more. And if you aren't already aware, you can schedule your employees, you can keep a logbook, you can create a customer profile as well, so you can know your customers very well. So when they come in, you can ask them, I think as they say in this episode, how's your cat doing, you know, and be be personable which uh, is is what we want to do at the shop. You know, the, our strategy has always been walking into a hug is what you should feel like. And so when you can look into that client profile, you forgot, you know, it's been a week or a month since you've seen them, but you can look up your, your notes on what you talked about last time. It's just that much more comfortable when they come in. Helmbot.com is where you want to go to check them out. Also, big shout out to Isopod. We love our Isopod at our float shop. We started out with one, loved it so much. We got a second one when we when we replaced our old float tank. And they work. I think that's the most important thing for us is that there aren't all sorts of little glitches that come up, technical issues. If the internet is down or the Wi-Fi is down, it doesn't matter. These things just work. And they're super friendly customer-facing float tanks as well. I cannot tell you how many times I've had people say, oh, I could float in that, yeah, when they've already been apprehensive about getting into an enclosed space. So super friendly, love them. i-sopod.com is where you want to go. And without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. My name is Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon. And if I were to find my ideal client in a bookstore, which is uh, such a good question, I think I would find them in the self-help section. My, my personal ideal client. Hmm. My name is Kim Hannon. I co-own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband. And I have a feeling that our clients might hang out. Um, they're probably hanging out in the self-help, at least the stress relief. Maybe they dabble over in the aromatherapy section a little bit, but, um, some big time stress relief books. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float here in lovely New Hampshire. And by, I, I, basic client, I would say would be in the miscellaneous section and there'd be a (laughs) bunch of different people there for a bunch of different reasons. Nice. That's a good one, Drew, and I think, feel like that's a good reference to our last recording with Graham and Ashcott, <laughs> yeah. too. Like, no, no ideal client. It, it doesn't they're, work like they're that. They're probably reading the books on floating, aren't they? Hopefully. <laughs> right, right, right. Hopefully. Yes. Well, I think these are... Oh, I should just also note real quick, Gloria is not able to make it tonight's recording, um, but uh, I want to bring on our very special guest tonight. We have Lori Ostrovsky. Lori is a business coach and a marketing consultant helping women build strong businesses and feel more confident putting themselves out there in a bigger way. She's the author of Simply Leap, Seven Lessons on Facing Fear and Enjoying the Crap Out of Your Life. And I'm Scared and Doing It Anyway, a separate book about her brain tumor diagnosis at age 28, which I want to record an entire other episode talking about. What an incredible, I can only imagine what an incredible story that must be. Uh, But Lori, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Yay, thank you. Can you share a bit about yourself and how you found yourself in the role of helping business owners? Yeah, for sure. I have lots to say about the bookstore, but I will hold that for later on in Ooh, a tease, podcast. Nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yes, so my background is in marketing and media relations. I spent a bunch of years there and uh, became a coach. At, you know, if you read book one, which is I'm scared and doing it anyway, it really is about how I reinvented my entire life, including my work life and started my business. Uh, after being diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, and I'm sure like, actually like most of us, we reach a point in our lives where 
uh, life is too short where we realize what's really important to us and making a difference. Uh, helping people feel clearer and more confident, putting themselves out there was, uh, was so much more of a draw to me, helping people feel supported uh, in doing something that was really meaningful to them was a real draw. And so I became a coach. I was certified over a year-long program mm. and have brought in my marketing background um, to help people express themselves, to kind of clarify how they're putting themselves out there and uh, I don't know about you, but as a business owner, it can feel like we need to be everywhere and that we kind of have right. to do a little bit of everything. Uh, it also feels lonely sometimes, which I'm sure why you guys have this podcast in the right. group, because now we have each other. Um, and so feeling less lonely is really another reason why I got into my business, because I, oh, cool. I want to help other business owners feel like you're in it with somebody. Nice. You don't have to figure out everything yourself. Um, and uh, marketing and social media are some of the biggest questions uh, most business owners have. So that's that's really uh, how I came to be where I am. I love it. Thank you for sharing. And you are 10 for 10. Everything you've described are things we talk about frequently on the podcast. The spinning uh, so many plates, wearing so many hats, uh, isolation. Um, uh, Graham and Ashcon are own float on here in Portland and have uh, they created the float conference. Uh, they actually started something called, um, I, I forget the exact name of it, but where you they will pay for you to buy a beer for another float center owner just so you guys can get together and have a chat, you know, uh, which oh, is... Oh, I love that. Isn't oh, that so great. cool? Um, and, um, oh, and I forgot the last thing that you mentioned, but man, every, every little bit you're talking about, <laughs> nail on the head. Oh, I said marketing and social media are some oh, yeah. of the mm -hmm. questions. And have. that's what we find yes. as well, right? That's That's the most yeah. difficult piece. And if I may jump in, Lori, a lot of the float center, it's a very eclectic group. A lot of people like floated and said, huh, I want to offer this to my community. And so there's a lot of diverse backgrounds, which is really cool about the float industry. But I think a common thread is that a lot of us don't have actual business um, formal education. So yeah. we're learning on the fly, which is where I think this is great a great podcast because we try to bring in people like yourself who can give tips to people who might have been doing something that has, you know, just working for somebody else for the last 20 years and now they're self-employed and there's so much to have to learn yeah. once you make that leap, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I want to say to everyone listening uh, that most of us don't have business backgrounds. Uh, most of us, um, regardless of the industry we're in, got into business because we love the thing that we're doing. Uh, we feel passionate about it. We want to make a difference. We want to help people. Um, but then we get into it and realize, crap, we need, <laughs> I need, we need to understand the business. Like, where's the business hat that I have to put on? I have to understand my financials. I have to understand marketing. I have to, like, do these other things in order to do the thing that I love, right. in order to, you know, make the difference or, you know, kind of, you know, uh, have enough money to buy groceries and support my family, um, you know, all that. And so it's usually partway into business, sometimes early on that we go, oh, my God, there's this whole other thing. And that other thing, this business hat is going to decide whether I succeed or not. Um, and that's usually why we end up in conversations like this, because like, oh, no, I like and everybody else must know except me. And by the way, mm. no, none of us know. And that's why we're, we feel less alone talking about it because we're all nice. kind of figuring it out. Nice. And I feel like that leads to burnout, which is, I think, extremely common within our industry. But I can only imagine for small business owners in general because, again, of all the hats we have to wear, Drew has very publicly on the podcast talked about massive burnout, wanted to just walk away um, and has recently figured out some things so that he is now living his best life and happy to own a float center. Um, so Let's we see the kale been... smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a more well-balanced life. That's for sure. Nice. Great. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that drew. And yeah. um, we've been talking about um, demographics uh, for a few episodes now and target demographics, how much that impacts your business and, how, how do you identify your demographic? How do you bring them in? Does he, does it even matter? Um, and so I would love to hear from you. What is your take on this? And do you have a strategy regarding it? 
Yeah, so usually I, I back my way into talking about ideal clients and ideal customers with folks because um, really we use them to answer a bigger question that you're holding on to. So it's like, okay, so do I have to be on Twitter? Um, is like, do I have to learn how to do videos on Instagram? Do I, um, how really important is a newsletter? Uh, you know, like, do I attend that conference? Do I pay for Google ads? You know, so there are these questions that we have about like, oh, we think we just need the answer to that. And usually what I say to people is, if you're asking a question and trying to figure something out, this is the signal. If you're trying to figure something out about your business, the answer is with your ideal clients and your ideal customers. Hmm. Okay. They are the ones that are going to tell you either because you're already working with them and you're going to ask them, um, or they've already told you, or you have feedback from... Uh, from, from referrals or from thank you cards or from whatever that say like, oh, this is your surveys that say, this is what I like. Okay, do that. Or because we do the kind of exercise that we're talking about tonight, that like we've really thought about them in a way that says, oh, I don't have to do all these things. I have to do this thing because this is where they are or okay. this is what right. they've asked for. Okay. Um, so can I ask, we... Um... We were talking about our ideal customers previously, or actually, I think we talked about who is our top client, our top type of client. And uh, for us, we have a larger percentage of women that float at the float shop. And while, mind you, it is a very widespread uh, age range, um, more middle-aged women uh, float at the float shop. Is that then my ideal target? Because I mentioned self-help, that doesn't necessarily mean all of them are interested in self-help. That I think personal refinement is that's a value I hold dear to myself. So is that who I should be attracting or is it who I'm already seeing there? Um, yeah. So, you know, you start with, if, if you already have an existing business, cause I know that some of your listeners are, are fairly new, but if you already have an existing business, you start with um, who are your favorite clients <laughs> or the ones that come back regularly, mm. refer you, pay really well, pay you more um, than anybody else and, um, and that you've made the most money from. So hopefully you're tracking in a way where it's not just like, oh, it's kind of off the top of my head. You know who these folks are. Mm -hmm. and, and the easiest way to start is to imagine just those people in a room together. If you imagine just those people in a room together, right? Because they might be random, right? Because Drew was saying like they're all different people. Yeah, okay, but imagine... 10 of them in a room together, what would be the things that they would talk about? If they were like, you know, you know, strangers kind of talking to each other, what would be the weird things that they have in common? They'd be like, they'd talk about Drew or they'd talk about, and it's probably, maybe it's because they're all in business or they're all sporty in some, they're all athletes in some way, or they all have kids under the age of 10 or that I, or they're all college educated or they're not college educated. There's probably a couple other things that they have in common besides just the demographics of maybe their age or, or uh, the gender. Um, cool. And that's kind of where it starts. Um, my goal when I'm working with clients around identifying their ideal clients is to get them to the point of, I, I call it Jane Goodalling their customers, like getting to the point where, you can, like, you know them so well, like you've been out with the apes nice. in, the, in the jungle. <laughs> right. Like, you know them so well that you walk into any room, walk into the subway, the supermarket, and it's like an arrow is pointing over their heads. Three aisles away, you know who they are. Hmm. And, and so, yes, they can be random, but it's very likely that they have a couple things in common. Um, and the question around the bookstore is actually a question I ask a little further on usually, um, but I thought that one was the most fun because it, it gets to that kind of like, how well do you know these people? So to give you an example, I work with A students. They are, uh, they are differing ages. Some, some are men, some are women. Um, and so actually, all genders are represented uh, and uh, different backgrounds and things, but they all have this... Um, kind of people-pleasing, a little introverted and awkward, um, but really want to do a good job and felt like third grade was a time when they shined. Like, 
third grade is when like the rules are on the board, you know exactly what you have to do in order to get an A or a gold star. And that is what they're looking in their adult life. And it is a bummer because the adult life does not have gold stars or A's. Like, I feel like I get one from my dentist. No joke, because when they say, I can tell you've been flossing, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) totally. (laughs) Um, You know, something like that. So, So those are the folks that I end up working with because they really want homework and they really want to know they're doing the right thing. And as a business owner, the loneliness of that, of like, do I get the A from likes on social media? Oh, right. Do I get the A from, you know, there's no report card at the end. So how do I define that? So that's usually one of the places where we start. And then there's getting it right. How am I going to know I've gotten it right? Again, a gold star kind of thing. So cut to bookstore. They might be self-help, but they're probably also like business books. They're probably, you know, whatever the new... Um, Tony Robbins thing is they're like you know they are if they're a parent they are parenting books because they are gonna get it right um uh you know if they picked up a hobby they're getting a book for it because they want to do the right the right thing and so that's kind of the anyway I'm getting off a topic but anyway that's there is something it helps to hear your your unique about it that connects all of your people even if they're very disparate I, I love this. It's like how Facebook has the algorithm to figure out who you are behind the scenes to push an ad towards you. It's almost like we have to do that work through interpersonal discussions and say, what are these underlying things to, to find my ideal or is ideal customer the right word or? Yeah. I mean, some people, use? yeah, some people use other, um, I forgot what Client they call avatar them. is pretty Avatars. common. And yep. um, yeah, I shared a little bit about that at the float conference last year about creating your ideal customer avatar. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of what Lori is saying is it's really trying to understand who they are in a very personal level, not just, you know, the, the, the demographics and the data of who they are, but it's really understanding like what motivates them and why do they come to your service, you know, to your center? What is it that they're really seeking? Because we know the benefits. They Mm -hmm. may not really tie it together and say, I'm seeking (laughs) this, this, or this. It could be a feeling. Um, It could be, I'm, I know there's more to life than feeling exhausted all the time. I know there's more to life than feeling like I'm running around doing a million different things and I'm not finding any joy. So sometimes it's not really like a woman who's 45 years old, but that's a really powerful exercise. And, you know, and Lori, I'm curious to, to hear your take on this too, of like, I um, always recommend getting really specific. I actually created a true avatar, not just the idea of an avatar, um, but I have an image of what this person looks like. Her name is Marnie. Um, She's about 43 years old. She has two kids. She works full time and she works more than what she should because she feels like she has to do it, that there's nobody else who's going to do that. Um, And I, I really understand like who this is. And then I'm taking... Marnie, and when I'm posting on social media, when I'm sending my email communications, I'm thinking about Marnie to her. and yes. I'm talking to her. Yes, other people are receiving it, um, but I'm really talking to her and, and she's the one that is going to be the most loyal and who's coming in to you know refer her friends who has been with us the longest, all of those things. So is that something you know similar to what you're recommending here? How do you yeah. feel those might be a little different? Yeah, so I don't always go as far as naming, but you're absolutely right. Like, and and a picture of it. I mean, I've had people kind of draw, or or if you create, if you're into vision boards and you know your magazines and stuff, like, absolutely, is it is yeah. it um, stuff that's important to them? But usually, I go through more of like, what are the brands that they're buying? What is it that they're buying in the grocery store or the um, the stuff that they really believe in? Like, I am a whatever driver I am, uh, you know, like this is the thing that they're, they're doing. Okay. Then how does your brand fit with it? The other one that they're And so again, it's, it's helpful to then name like who they are based on the things that they're consuming, the things that they're not consuming. Um, you know, I wanted to say like, kind of, as you're talking, there's usually what comes up pretty, pretty early when I talk with clients about this. And I wonder if you've had this too, is like, yeah, but, but 
float works for everybody. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> ever said that in the float industry. Not <laughs> no. once. No. Yeah, that yes. is extremely right. so, common. And, and this is, um, you're not alone. Every business owner feels that way. And, and part of it is that there's this fear underneath that says, if I specialize, if I focus, I'm going to miss out. Somebody's not going to feel welcome. I'm going to miss out on customers who could come in the door. I'm all inclusive. Why would I exclude? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's really, it's, it's actually a fear kind of driven thing when we say, oh, I'm good for everybody. Cause it really says, oh my gosh, I, I, I need business and I, Mm. and I don't want to lose it. (laughs) I don't want the potential of losing it. Sure. Um, if I get this wrong, if I don't make it available to everybody. But the truth is that the more specific we are, the easier it is for people to raise their hands like, oh, that's for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get me. And I think the other part of this is that usually when we're talking, and, and Kim, you, you stated it so well, sometimes when we're talking, we, um, we say, like, one of the things I work with clients on is how do you answer the question, what do you do? Like, you know, you're out and they're like, oh, what do you do? And most of us, like, especially introverts like myself, clam up. We're like, oh, crap, I got to get this right. And really, (laughs) um, this is the... This is the podcast where I keep saying crap, so sorry about that. <laughs> All right, we'll put an totally explicit fine. title on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like this is, you know, somehow I have to get this right, but it's real, and it feels like I have to say the thing that I am. But really, this question, when you get asked, what do you do, the question in your mind should sound like, what's important to me, meaning the person asking. Like, what, what do you need to tell me? What do I want to hear? Like, that's really the question they're telling me. They're, they're asking you, what do you, what do I want to hear? Cool. And what they want to hear is I get your problem and I am the solution. And so it's like when, when Kim was describing like tired, doing too much, have these two kids, like overextending, trying too hard. This is what you say when you get asked, what do you do? I, you know, I provide a solution for, you know, you know, women with kids who are like over, over givers and overworked and haven't carved out time for themselves, even though they know after their last doctor's appointment, they better do it or whatever it is. Like, you know, there's some other forcing mechanism challenge that has that has presented itself that they can't keep doing whatever they've been doing before. And so there's got, there is a point where they're like, Oh my God, something's got to change. And you name that. And then you say like, and this is, and this is what I offer. Like this is, this is the help for that. Um, But so many of us get caught up in describing the things that we do that we miss. It actually is all about them. Cool. May I um, reverse back a little bit and potentially even give a little bit of pushback um, describing the the fear-based uh, part of wanting a specific client? I do feel like, it, for me, it's a place of love of wanting, I want that person with chronic pain to come in. I also want the person with anxiety to come in. I want the person who's coming in for introspection or for muscle recovery. Like there, For me, it's like, I want everybody in here because this is so good for all of you. And I love having a place where everybody can come in and feel supported. Now, mind you, of course, I definitely see the uh, marketing issue with that of, 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 you know, finding a target audience for who I'm communicating to. But what would your response be to that gentle yeah, so, pushback? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, I, and I agree. I mean, what, what you do, I, I floated some and uh, it was fantastic. And, I, uh, and similarly, I fought it <laughs> Before I was floating, during when I was floating, and then I was a convert after. Um, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, so I appreciate the gentle pushback. I, um, I would say first that um, that uh, you're not losing anybody by being specific. In fact, other folks will come in. And other folks will say, like, oh, is this for me too? Absolutely. Come mm. on in. And um, I think that you're more likely to get someone who raised their hands like, oh, this is for me, and then tells their whole family about it. And you, hmm. most of our businesses are based on testimonials. Word of mouth right. is majority of businesses' best friend. 
How are you going to get word of mouth? Having someone so committed to it. How are you going to get someone so committed to it? Communicating directly to them. This is for me. They get me. This is why I love it. This is why you'd love it too. And so, so really you're just, um, you're narrowing to create even more passion for your work to spread the word, to create more word of mouth. And you could, and you can very well have multiple ideal customers. You can create profiles for multiple of them. The thing is, it's exhausting. <laughs> it means that, so I have clients that have multiple business cards. And depending on what networking situation they're in, well, I, you know, I'm a photographer, and so I could do weddings, I could do portraiture, I could do business headshots, and it's like, okay, you go into a meeting, or you go, like, you meet someone at the supermarket. What do you say? Well, if they say they're a bride, yeah, but they haven't said anything yet. What do right. you do? And it's like, it just, you can do it, but you'd actually have to have a couple different strategies going on at once. And I really think choosing one at least for a period of time if you choose one so what i would say is if you choose one for six months see how it goes add the next one and give that six months um you know you know what it takes to do uh to create a habit it takes you know it takes a while well to create a marketing program or to to ensure and to see if your marketing is working you need three to six months and so um, it also is easier on you to add one thing, as you know, add one thing at a time. So, uh, so that's that's where I go. Great. Can I, I think there's also another way of utilizing your ideal client as a voice for everyone else. They love it so much that they want to know everything about it, mm -hmm. and they might be there for stress relief or anxiety reduction, but they also know because they've seen your marketing materials or had conversations with you about how it's also really great for pain relief. And so they love it so much the next time they're sitting in a meeting with someone who says something about, man, my back really hurts. Right. They are your advocate, <laughs> and they can say, oh, you need to try floating because it's really great to relieve that lower back pain and here's a card, here's where you need to go. And so you can still present the information um, that hits other target you know, audiences, but in a way that you're delivering it to the one person you have in mind or that segment that you have in mind and making it digestible and relatable for them. And they can also carry that forward to other clients. Yeah, so like you that, can you're giving kinda, them a you, job. They like yeah, that you, nice. because they're they're truly your greatest marketing tool is your most loyal clients, and if you can educate them in a way that they feel comfortable and confident running out and telling everybody everything else, you're not watering down your message. You're empowering the that target to really know more and become even more engaged because they see, oh, this is really great, and then they kind of start to think like we do of floating is great for everybody, and they get to run out and tell all of their everybody's and we're still focusing on them so and then eventually it, that circle kind of continues sure uh, i have a i've been doing some self-reflecting as laurie has been talking here and i just want to kind of confirm what you're saying here laurie i do think that floating is for everybody but for me personally um, I did some advertisement that was like local, it was like a local magazine. It was like, you know, more than a newspaper. But I found out it went to a couple of um, 55 plus communities. So all of a sudden I got this rash of 55 plus people that ended up really stressing me out and causing me problems. And I had a guy who ended up being on heart medication and he ended up on my couch and his family didn't know he was on heart medication. And it was like, it was kind of a little bit of a nightmare. And I told the people, I'm never advertising with you again, because I don't want all these, I want to be careful with my words. That wasn't my ideal client to have 55 plus people to come in, even though I do think it is for, I think floating is awesome for 55 plus people. For me personally, I found it very stressful, very overwhelming, and I kind of looked at old people. I look at them a little sideways now. Like you're probably not telling me the whole truth when wow. I explain to you that you're going to be 
in a, a spot where your your blood pressure is lowering? Are you on blood pressure medication? Do you have? Did you talk to your doctor? I, now these are things that are stressing me out as they're floating. Likewise, um, not to bash on CrossFit, but CrossFit <laughs> people tend to be kind of narcissistic and um, <laughs> douchey. Not to bash on him. Wow. Not, to, wow. not to bash on him. Wow. Hey, you're a podcast audience. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Can we edit that, Dylan? Can we edit that? I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? Let's I'm going to leave I'm gonna play it. I'm going to cut it and play it twice. Let's <laughs> so, play it twice. So, I'll just add a crap in there and you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I kind of like eased back on who I was advertising to and right. the people that I put my energy into. And I think mm. that, yes, as float centers, floating is for everybody if we start at the top of the pyramid. And then as you kind of go down... It's the people that, for me personally, I'm active, I'm a little bit of a weirdo, a little bit of a hippie. Like These yeah. are the people that I put my energy into and that I will make the, the extra effort towards versus the 55 plus community that I am no longer advertising to. So I think with floating, it is true that floating is for everybody, but mm. there are, I'm sure there are float centers out there that love dealing with the 55 plus community and there's float centers that love the whole CrossFit community. And there are people that love the chakra hippie, you know, crystal community. And I think that's a great part of owning a float center that we can, even though it is for everybody, we can kind of direct our efforts, money focus on what we as individuals like and who you like to be around. I don't want to be around a bunch. I own the business. I don't want to be around a bunch of douchebags. I'm not going to advertise to them. <laughs> right? So, great company you're, motto. You're really, <laughs> right. But you're really tapping on another kind of marketing concept of differentiation. Yeah. And that's a huge piece. In order to know who your clients are, you also have to know who you are, who your employees are. And we kind of talked about that in a past episode. Um, you know, what is the vibe at your center? And if you think about your target audience and it doesn't match the vibe that you have and that your employees put out in your whole space, then you you have a big disconnect that you need to work on. It can be as something as simple, you know, you're talking about the, the senior community and I don't mind at all having seniors. Like we have a really great screening process when we're booking appointments. Mm. However, my facility is in a basement. So you have to come down six or seven stairs oh, to get into this space. And for that reason, sometimes clients with you know lesser mobility are not my ideal client. And we've had doctors who've referred people to us before. And you know, that's something that we've had to like remind ourselves to say. Do you know where we're located? Have you seen our facility? You do need to come down steps to get here. And we have that in all of our email confirmations and everything and, and let people know we are not an accessible center. We we wish we were, but we're not. And therefore we know that there's a huge part of our market, you know, of the market that we can't touch. And we refer those to another float center in town that we know can uh, help those folks. And I think that's a great point, Kim, that there needs to be a little bit of self-reflection because I have been to a bunch of, before I opened my float center, I went to every float center around and there was some like far out hippie float centers that my, I, um, Lori, I'm into MMA and jujitsu and I punch my friends in the face for fun. And those guys <laughs> right. aren't going to we'll the hippie. visiting New Hampshire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it'll be fun. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, CrossFit? <laughs> cruise the- <laughs> hey, it's very humbling. I, we, what we do is very humbling. Preach it to and, the choir. And my friends would not go with me. I'm a, I'm weird enough to go to that hippie place that oh, has right, right. crystals all over the place. But my my manly friends that like to punch stuff and are kind of meatheads, they're not going to that place. That doesn't attract them. So I do think it's right. very important for people who are listening that if your place has tapestries of mandalas all over the place and you're burning incense and every time someone calls for an appointment, you're talking about seeing God and spirituality, you might be turning certain segments off and you got to understand your community and who is looking at your business and at your float center. And if you have a recovery athletic minded community, being the hippy dippy person might not be as, uh, uh, 
I, I don't want to say it's about money. It might not attract the people that you're looking to attract. And you might think it's for everybody, but your your design, your layout, how you speak to them and the, the stuff you focus on. I was just telling an employee this the other day. You don't talk to a CrossFit person about spirituality and um, chakras unless they bring it up. Then you talk to them about that. But they're concerned about recovery and feeling better. And whether they go into the theta state, they don't care about the theta state. That's what I found. Unless they bring it up and they're asking about meditation, right? And then the person who is here to meditate doesn't care about I I have people who've said to me, I'm not here for that. I'm here for the spiritual aspect. And I'm like, oh, light bulb. Sorry, man. Didn't mean to talk to you about that stuff, right? So, (laughs) As Kim and Lori were talking about earlier, those are the people who will do the research or even just by floating experience it and then will – like so many times I've had people say like I showed up for this reason but I end up getting all of these different things. Oh, Um, yeah. And and those are – they're going to be able to tell people because even if they just show up for the muscle recovery – they are getting stress relief, spiritual enlightenment, however you want to put mm-hmm. it. Those things are happening as well. Yeah. If, if, oh, yeah. I feel like you're bringing up a really good point about differentiation. We've said that in a couple different ways so far, but like there are enough opportunities out there for people. You don't have to be something for everyone. Hmm. They're going to get whatever they need somewhere else. And the beauty of being business owners who support one another is that we come to this with the belief and the trust that there's plenty of opportunities for all of us. There are plenty of customers for all of us. We're joining together to lift everybody up and to clarify what we're doing so that way we can refer to one another. You can refer to another float center that might be a better fit for them, just like they could refer back to you. And knowing who your target is or who your best fit is, and maybe that's a better way to talk about who your best fit uh, for what you do or what you offer um, really helps differentiate and then also make room for everybody. You know then yeah. who to you know who to send folks oh, right. to. Yeah, the, that's great. the other um, uh, so so when I graduated as a coach, I graduated with thirty other students, and I looked around the room and I thought, if I feel that like I'm competing with everyone here in the room, I might as well not start yeah. because. Beyond these 30, you know, I, I, I was uh, accredited a lot of years ago, but at the same time, behind these 30 are thousands of other people who are, you know, believe wholeheartedly in coaching and want to go out there and, and coach. If I believe that there's plenty of work for all of us and that you communicating about floating helps me get more customers in my floating business, then great. Then I'm more encouraging of, of communicating about floating for everybody's benefit. Um, and and so it's like the, the competition of kind of where we put in our heads where competition fits in is kind of important and differentiation works into that as well. The other piece I think that Drew brought up is when you go through, when I work with clients and go through this process of identifying who your ideal customer is, often there comes a moment when you go, huh, I have a lot in common with these people. Yes, that is exactly what's supposed to happen. Hmm. Suddenly, like, I'm an A student. (laughs) And so that's why my people tend to be A students, because there's something that we have in common about how we see the world, about our life experience that's brought us here. And similar to each of you and all of your listeners, it's like there's something about why you chose um, the float business to begin with, what attracts you to floating, what attracts you to the certain customers that come in that feel like the best fit there is it's because if you put yourself in that room as i said that you, where you imagine all these individuals together there's stuff that you're talking about and by the way that means more than drew in the miscellaneous section of the bookstore <laughs> you're you're in a different section of the bookstore now my friend <laughs> right. than you were before because right. that's where your people are so, Lori, are you saying that we could infer Kim might be able to relate to a woman who works a whole ton, perhaps overworked? Which she describes herself. <laughs> she was describing it. It was exactly. herself. Right. Trust me, it is not accidental yeah. at all. Self aware and, and even though it's it's really funny because even though my husband is primarily at the float center more than I am because I'm running my other business. We still see that, and it's because I'm mm. the one doing the marketing. Oh, interesting. Great. 
And so it really, really comes through very strongly. But they still um, get to see the eye candy of your husband. That's perfect. They, they do. And, exactly and who you that makes see. them happy. <laughs> yes. yes. They're these middle-aged women who come in to see my adorable husband. And they're like, That's hey. Great. And so <laughs> I call it the Graham Club. And like, there's Terrible. a real. So funny. He has people. If I go in on a day that he's usually there, they walk in the door. Who are you? Like, um, mm-hmm. I own this place. <laughs> <laughs> He's my husband. Not just business partners, okay? Um, um, so- I do want to bring up one really uh, quick point about what happens if you don't do the work of identifying your target client mm-hmm. or creating your customer profile, or your your client avatar, whatever that is. Um, and I think it really comes across to people because they're going to walk in and they have no attachment. They have no emotion about it. It's better for somebody to be able to walk in and identify exactly why they didn't like your place because mm-hmm. it's too hippy-dippy or mm-hmm. because it was too clinical or because mm-hmm. it was too focused on athletes. It's better to have that kind of a reaction from someone than to have somebody go in and go, like, eh, it was all right. Yeah, because, because right. The people- if they walk in and go, it's, um, this is really meant for athletes, yeah. Oh my God, my brother would love this place. Yes. Like they oh, immediately know. So like, mm-hmm. so I was going to say, Whoa, like when I graduated cool. with coaches, there was a woman there who wanted to be a coach for people, a bereavement coach, people for uh, a coach for people who had lost their spouse. And I thought, oh my God, that is so specific. But you know what? Everybody in that class of 30 people knew somebody to send to her. Yes. Wow. Exactly. So it's the same kind of thing. Like if you're really only cool. working with, MMA people, you know, only working with, you know, like, okay, then if you're only working with CrossFit folks, or you're only working with stressed out moms, then everybody knows a stressed out mom, and we know what to get her for Mother's Day. Right, right. Exactly. I love it. I've been to businesses, I've been to a couple of float centers, but I've been to businesses where you really, you can't get a sense of who they are when you walk into the space, and you're, it's, you can't necessarily put a finger on it. You're not going to walk out and go, I don't know who they were, what they do, why they're here, who they serve. That's not how your client is going to be thinking about it, but they're going to walk out and just be like, eh, I'm not going back. It wasn't really worth talking about or doing again. Or And it's just such a, they're detractors. And you would so much rather have someone who can identify that specific thing you do so they can bring you more clients. They can, you know, find someone. Or maybe later when they start doing that thing, they become a stressed out mom or they start running marathons. Then they're going to remember that you tailor to that specific need. Um, so not knowing anything is and not trying to kind of identify some parameters also leaves like you make it for everybody and it's really for nobody. Well, and just and going. Oh. No, please go ahead. Oh, uh, the the other part about it is that it makes it harder for you as a business owner because sure. you you know you're not sure what to put on the walls or you're not you like oh I like this color or whatever you like you're you're less sure and so I mentioned before when you find yourself trying to quote unquote figure something out when you're like I just need to figure out what's the what's the gift certificate I make or what's the you know, what's the deal that I make for Valentine's Day? Or do I add something for the holidays or something? When you're trying to figure it out and you're not clear and you've tried not to commit to one group or to, you know, a kind of a specific <laughs> avatar or something, yeah. that figuring out takes so much longer. Hmm. Um, you're grasping at straws. If you know it's moms of a certain age, it is athletes um, in a specific kind of sport or something like then all of your answers become easier. You might still be struggling with those answers, but at least you have narrow enough where I'm like, well, an athlete wouldn't buy this, but an athlete would buy this. Right. And, and that kind of clarity helps you as a business owner. And you know what? You don't have any time. We all know that. As business owners, we have no time. And, uh, and so what we do has to be meaningful. And the way to make it everything more meaningful that you're doing AKA that will lead to you making more money is to clarify from the beginning or early on who these folks are. And I always go back year over year to re-clarify where those people are now, if they've changed, if they've aged. Um, 
and what they need now. Because, oh, by the way, we've also been through something really rough in our in our society. We're still going through it. And um, so they're going to be in a different place. They're going to need something different. And so um, so we need to keep going back to those those folks again. So I um, first of all, I just have to say real quick, I uh, having you on, I usually when we have a guest on, they take up most of the time talking, you know, we'll ask a couple questions, particularly ask experts. I know you're great at what you're doing, because we all want to add more like you're, you're hitting us on the corner, <laughs> like, yes, that's true to me. I want to share something about that. I have my <laughs> truth about that as well. And I love that. Um, with that being said, I want to be respectful about your time. I know this is a late recording night, and um, I know you wanted to go through a client profile exercise. Mm. Is it possible? I don't want to breeze through it, but I also really want to do <laughs> to talk about it. Can we still cover that before we wrap up tonight? Absolutely. Yeah. So really, it's a series of questions, um, and so I'm going to pose some of them. And I'd love, like, even coming out of this episode, if folks, like, Share with me your answers. Like, let's talk about it. If you have, I'm happy to give my email address at the end and like hear from you after. Let's keep talking about it because usually what happens is when I work with with a client, we do a session just on this and then we do some follow-up questions because your job at the end of these questions, at the end of this conversation is to go out in the world and notice these people. Notice as you're walking through the grocery store in the line at the juice bar, at the, you know, at the mechanic or something like, are they here? Have they been here? Is that person over there? Like, how can I, like you start to apply the stuff that we've been huh. talking about in your real life to develop the muscle. Cause it really is a muscle of being able to see them. And um, so for instance, in a grocery store, three aisles over, I can spot an A student. No problem. <laughs> because they've let someone go in front of them. They have lined up all of their stuff in order of how they're going to pack it in their um, their their bags to leave. <laughs> they brought their bags and they want to make sure that they have their bags up front. They might even have a coupon because they feel really good about it. I feel really good about funny. it. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so um, so we want to get you to that where you're out in the world doing it. But these these questions will kind of help you get there. And the... The first one is, is to notice what we said before, which is what is it about, like, who are the customers that you're already working with, the clients that are already coming through the door that you're most drawn to? Even if you have no idea why you're drawn to them, what is it, what are those clients and start listing their names? Who are the people that you love have, having come in, who love being there, who are like psyched to be around working with you, who tell other people about you, have probably brought in a couple other customers, who pay you on time, who pay you more, who, when you raised your prices, kept coming, um, those, those folks. And hopefully there are a few of them. Hopefully there are at least 10, because we kind of need as many as we can get to, to then, as I mentioned before, imagine them all in a room together. That's kind of where we start. Because if you imagine them conversing with one another and they're like even sitting, standing next to each other, you get to see some of the similarities that you might not have noticed before. Like I didn't know that my clients were A students. I had no idea like until they were all in the room. And I'm like, oh, Funny. this is, there's something about them that's like, oh yeah, I want to do it right. Okay, good. That's, that must be them. So when you get them in the room, Start writing down, like, you know, in your head, um, start writing down what are the things that you're noticing that they have in common? What are the things that perhaps surprise you? Is it, is it some of the demographic stuff? Is it their age or their gender or um, their level of income, their family status? Um, are they new transplants to a place? Have they lived there their whole lives? Um, do what do they do for work? Is there some kind of similarity to that? Are they all in corporate jobs? Are they not all in corporate jobs? Um, do they have good relationships with their families? Hmm. Um, are they kind of on their own and looking for community? Hmm. Um, are you know are they athletes? Are they used to be athletes in high school and kind of trying to get back to it or kind of still feel that way about themselves even though they've aged? There are these qualities that you kind of notice. Is it 
you know, like Drew was talking about before, that they like are drawn to the mandalas, you know? Okay, great. Do all of them have a tattoo? I mean, I know that's a big one now, but like, do all of them drive a certain car? So just kind of start to notice some of those things and they can be subtle. Um, and then, you know, as I said, like the demographic stuff is a great place to start. But where you go from that is, um, what is it that they tell you they love about going to your place? Like, is it, um, is it something that you do in an exit kind of interview or survey? If you're not already doing a survey, I'm sure you guys have already talked about it in a podcast. If you're not already doing some kind of survey with your customers, don't walk, don't run, or run, don't walk to, to do this. It is really <coughs> useful. And even if you haven't done something formal, if you can do it through your newsletter and say, hey, tell me what you love about us, easy, do it. Because um, that inexpensive market research is going to pay off, especially when we're identifying your ideal customers. Because um, more than anything, we want the words that they use. Mm -hmm. We want the words that they use. Because remember, when people ask you, what do you do? They want to know what's interesting to them. Right. And what's interesting to them is you rep repeating words that mean something to them. So if everybody who comes to your um, comes to float at your location all complain about neck pain or um, I can't sleep a full night anymore and I don't know why, and that is the thing that you say, even though you know the solution is something else, even though you would describe it a certain other way because you know what that's about, nope. You say exactly the words like, oh, I work, you know, our main clients are folks who are dealing with some neck pain or aren't sleeping through the night anymore and can't really understand why. But floating really has made a difference for them. And that, oh, my God, then I'm paying attention because you've named my thing. Um, so when you're thinking about our ideal clients, we have them in this, in this virtual room together. You've thought about the demographics. Then go to what are the things that they've been telling you? literally at the door, at your, your checkout stand, have a, have a pad of paper, have, have a note open on your phone, and just every time they come in, write down the thing that they thank you for, how they describe how they're feeling, um, even the times of day that they come in, the, the thing that they order when they're there, the extra item that they always buy, or the holiday that's really important to them, the car that they're driving. Start taking some information down and it's useful. I mean, just have it, have that notebook around. Um, and we need to collect all the words in one place to see kind of how this stuff all fits together. Um, then we go into the, you know, as you're sitting with these folks more, more things bubble up. So notice now how much more you know about these people. Oh, yeah. Even as I've continued to ask you questions like, oh, oh, well, yeah, there's this and this and this. Okay, so there's, there's more there. Now we get into the bookstore question. I bet you know a little bit more about what they're looking for when they walk in. <laughs> yeah. So some of them are going to walk and get a latte first before they even get a book. <laughs> some are going to go to the discount rack because they want to, you know, they have kids and they, like maybe there's a new picture book or something. Some are going to go, you know, to like love travel and they're not coming to you because they love travel, but it's something that is really meaningful to them. And it probably is why they want to feel good in their bodies so they can keep enjoying this thing that they love. Maybe it's travel, maybe it's uh, athletics, something, but it's like, oh, but that's the thing they're going to the bookstore because a lot of us go to the bookstore for our passion for our interests, for the thing we're dreaming about, as opposed to the thing that we are. Um, and so, so notice how even the bookstore question may have changed now that you've thought a little bit about them. Um, the other one I would add is, on a Saturday afternoon, where do you think you'd find them? Who would they be with? What would they be doing? What would they be thinking about? Would that be a work day for some of them? Would they be with? family or friends, would that be the one quiet time they had mm -hmm. to go float? Um, 
or or something else. So so notice kind of and the Saturday afternoon thing starts getting you into the what I call the Jane Goodall, but the you know like the getting them into their environment. So you kind of go from there to well, we've talked about the books that they read. What's the music that they listen to? Do they listen to podcasts? What kind of podcasts did they listen to? Um, do they play the radio or do they play their own set of music when they get in the car or they, you know, they're on the subway or something? Um, where, where do they travel to? Are they travelers? Um, what are the brands that they pick out when they're in the supermarket? What are the, the clothing brands that they pick out? Is that important to them? That kind of thing. Like you start getting into what are the choices that they're making in their lives? And how do those choices relate to something about your brand, something about how you're presenting? And Drew brought up the mandalas. Like, that is a perfect one. If they are in crystal shops, great. Well, that relates back to how we present ourselves in, our, in the spa, in our location. Um, and that helps to understand what is the, what, where are they when they're not here? And what does that mean they're bringing to this experience when they are here? And the big one is their issues. What are the challenges that they're facing right now? That neck pain, that not sleeping, that they're the, um, the sandwich generation of they're caring for kids and they're caring for their parents. They are the former athletes who just got back into running and hurt like hell. Um, Whatever it is, like, what is it that they're, they're so stressed out because they all just got promotions right now and they don't know how they can handle it? Um, what are the things that are keeping them up at night? Again, you might not be directly marketing this, but it's going to relate to why they're coming there and what they're thinking about or trying not to think about when they're floating. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of stop there and just kind of let you, you know, there's a lot of questions that we can ask from there, but really it's, it's just, so your, your homework, if I can give you homework is to take those questions to feel free to email me, um, and reach out to, uh, our host here with what you're noticing, what's coming up for you. Um, and homework like numero uno is to go out into the world and notice these people and start just kind of noticing who they are, noticing who in your life matches this. Might be your best friend, could be you, could be your spouse. Like what is it that you're noticing about these people out in the world and what else, what other information can you gather from kind of being out with them? So, Lori, it's really funny. You, there was as you were describing this, something came up for me that uh, kind of thinking about validation. How do you know if you have the right client and if your messaging has been working? If you've reached the people that you really want to reach, and I was looking at our calendar um, a couple of weeks ago, and I noticed that you know we we typically book out several days in advance, but I noticed about three weeks ago that tomorrow's date it was already fully booked three weeks in advance, a whole single day. And I was trying to figure out like, what's so special about that day. And exactly. We talked before we started recording that tomorrow is the first day of school in my area. And all of our parents thought ahead. They saw, Oh, we're three weeks away from school. And they booked their floats <laughs> the day their kids go back to school. And then interestingly enough, our schedule throughout the rest of the week is also was also pretty full, but particularly on that day. So um, that's one of those little markers of, oh, yep, I got those tired parents. And it's mostly our moms who've been working too much and doing it all, you know, all summer. So pretty cool. Oh, when congratulations. Like, oh, like that is it. such a good yeah. sign that you're doing yeah. it right. right. If, right. if they all are thinking about it, right. it's like, oh, I know yes. who I'm talking to. Perfect and time. that they, the, the bigger piece, they thought ahead. And that's the part that makes me really proud because that's part of our messaging is plan ahead for the day that you're going to need this because the day that you feel it, it might be too late. 
you might not be able to get in, but you're already past the point of needing this. And so they, they took that message that's such a big part of our branding too, of plan proactively and don't just react for your self-care needs. Well, and give yourself so, really credit cool. there too, because that yeah. actual messaging, that's not going to work for everybody's customer. Right totally works for yours because right. their entire right. lives are planned ahead Aha, for soccer nice. matches and when is the next vacation day like everything is planned ahead so why wouldn't they plan themselves into that like you're you're using how their brain already works to, mm-hmm. because it, it like i said it's not going to work for everybody but it, it's great messaging for your ideal customer right well, and that's a perfect example. I am not a 42-year-old female with kids, and <laughs> I don't have a full day of people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm coming because my kids are going to school. Like, those aren't my people. So there's a perfect example how that works for Kim, but not necessarily for me. Yeah, You got it. You got it. Love it. Lori, is your... I could sit here and talk about this all day, Lori. I know. Okay, so I'm just going to send a message out to producer Olga right now. Just go ahead and book Lori. If Lori's willing to come back on, please book her oh. ASAP. Let's continue this conversation. Um, I love you, Olga. <laughs> we love you, Olga. We, we do. all love you, Olga. Yes. <laughs> um, Lori, this has been wonderful. I, this has been such an exciting conversation. Thank you so, so, so much for joining us. And uh, as is always the case, not always the case, but too often the case with a podcast is I feel like we're scratching the surface, maybe getting a little bit deep, but there's so much more there. Um, in your case, you have books to read. Are these specifically for small business owners? Um, the the second one is more so. So the, well, the first, my first book, I'm scared in doing it anyway, is a is a memoir, and it's really about my journey to kind of reinvent myself and start this business and um, and and really. Uh, be more thoughtful about and about choosing meaningful work and and things like that. So uh, my second book, Simply Leap, is about okay. So you have this idea of this thing that you want to do. Here are the seven lessons I've learned from my most successful clients through the years. Many of them are business owners um, of what they did to make this leap. Um, so if you have folks, especially uh, listeners who are kind of in the process who are still doing this as a side hustle, who are in an idea stage, like that's a great, or who have a loved one who's like, oh, I might want to change my job or I might want to go into business for myself. This is a great book because it's really, it takes you through um, stories of folks who've, who've made it and also really simple lessons that you can come back to and say, okay, where am I at this point? Am I in stage three? Am I at this? you know, at this stage and, and how can I apply that to, to where I am right now? So, so that there's that stuff. I ha- I have a third book, but it's on marketing and it's not available yet. So you'll have to hire me. We'll have to talk <laughs> together uh, yes. for me to Lovely. help you with that. Just Lovely. <laughs> uh, so speaking of which, how, how does one reach you? Great. Uh, yeah. So Simply Leap is the name of my business. Um, and so if you're into Simply Leaping, uh, I'm at simplyleap.com is my website. I'm also simplyleap on Twitter and Facebook. On Instagram, I'm my name, Lori Ostrovsky. And, um, and my email is Lori, L-A-U-R-E-E, because mom wanted different, uh, Lori at simplyleap.com. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> uh, and of course, we will include those links in our show notes so you don't have to... Don't have to write it down while you're driving down the road. You can you can uh, find our find our homepage for that. Um, my goodness, thank you so much again for joining us. I truly appreciate it, and I truly hope uh, you would join us again so that we can keep talking about. Someone tells me target demos isn't the only thing you know about when it comes to small business. <laughs> I have lots of opinions. Inspect like pricing. Happy to talk about pricing. With you, Love it. And why it's so good that your clients say no to you. Sometimes. Ooh, so, ooh. I'll leave good, good. Another tease. Podcast <laughs> tease. Yes. He's in her next appearance. <laughs> um, well, you need to start your own podcast, don't you? My goodness. Oh, no, I'm good. I'll just come back on this one. There Perfect. you go. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for the deal. opportunity. It's been such a pleasure. To everybody else, thank you so much for listening. We absolutely appreciate your ears. As always, I hope we were able to. And gosh, I, I know it's the case tonight with Lori joining us. Turn the gears in your head and help you approach your business. And uh, 
with with success and and with ease. Thanks to everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. We absolutely, truly appreciate you as well. Of course, we have photos, videos for you, uh, and now scientific blog posts as well for your customers. So patreon.com forward slash art of the float if you're interested in supporting the show and getting some really helpful stuff for your business. And thanks to my co-host. I'm sorry, Gloria wasn't with us tonight, but she was with us in spirit. Thanks to Kim. Thanks to Drew. And one more time, thanks to Lori for joining us. Thanks to producer Olga. Oh my gosh. Um, where would we be without Olga? Thank you. And, um, oh, thanks to our sponsors, of course. Thanks to, uh, as I almost said, Float Helm. Thanks so much to Helmbot, and thanks so much to Isopod. Thank you, guys. And I think that's it. Yeah, great. As always, remember, kale smoothie first thing in the morning. We'll see you next week. <laughs>